0: Hello, welcome everyone to Spirit of Prophecy Church. For all those that are online also watching this live stream, really appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to be talking on the fifth session of the Mysticism and Hebrew Roots Movement. So if there's any of you that have missed several of these sessions, I just encourage you to go back to the YouTube channel, Prophecy Club, and start watching them because I'm kind of jumping in towards the end of the teaching. We're going to talk today about the Masonic hand symbol. Sometimes... um, People will throw, they'll, they'll do different hand gestures, and maybe you think that that's okay, or it's, it's, it's awesome to do, or it's fun to do, or now we have teachers out there, that like call themselves uh, Messianic rabbis, and they're doing these hand gestures when really it's a Masonic hand symbol, and I'll, I'll show you proof of that. Anyway, this is the Vulcan hand symbol. Uh, it's a Jewish hand symbol, Blessing by the Koenim. This is the, which is means the, the priest, the high priest. Right, hebra Rabbi, Rabbi. Um, the Kohanim means meaning a member of the priestly caste having certain rights and duties in the synagogue. And every year, I guess there's 120,000 flock to receive this blessing from the high priest. And you can see this is just a picture of Israel where they just many people have flocked to that. Uh, this is a Masonic hand sign, but this is the same symbol that they are doing here for uh, from this Kohanim, this high priest. Uh, Putting a blessing, they say, over the people that come there. Uh, this gesture accompanies the berkat or which means a male Jew belonging to a per, per tr, oil. <laughs> Some of these words, sorry. Uh, Line claiming descent from Aaron. Kohenim served as priests in ancient Judaism, and present-day Kohanim are according to special status in Orthodox Judaism or priestly blessings in ancient Jewish custom. And the blessing is administered by members of the conem or priestly class, usually on holidays. And the hands are spread, you can see this into the V shapes, in the form of a Hebrew letter shin, which is the O part, and symbolizes the light of the Shekinah or the presence of God. The Shekinah is a lie. The Shekinah is a fallen angel. I have a book called Shekinah Not Right. So some of this you might not totally understand unless you understand that the, the lie of the Shekinah some of these churches out there, they're even putting the Shekinah in their, the name of their church building. They'll say the Shekinah glory has arrived, which they say it's the feminine part of the God, which God is not a feminine. It's a, it's a male noun. And they have uh, put it as the father, the son, and the Shekinah, which they're also saying father, son, and the, you know, mother earth. That's what they're worshiping, really. And then uh, Matthew 23 1 through 11 says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. So, in other words, they're saying, I don't want you to do as these heathens are doing, I don't want you to do as these pagans are doing. Uh, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for be seen of men. They're doing it for a show. Many of the things that the, the mysticism in Judaism or the mysticism in the Hebrew Roots Movement or Messianic Jew Movement, they're doing it to be seen. They're trying to get it to please God by the works that they do or for the actions that they do when we know that it's by His grace. They make broad their philatracies, and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues. And greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be ye not called Rabbi, for one is your Master, even Christ, and all ye brethren. And call no man your Father upon the earth, for one is your Father, which is in heaven." Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But that he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, which is Jesus Christ. The true Jesus Christ, right? Not the one that they have in the Zohar, which is Kabbalism, um, uh, or the mysticism in the Hebrew roots, or in Hebrew. It's Zohar is mysticism. And they call, they say that it's Jesus, but it's not our Jesus. They say uh, that it's a pagan god of Zeus. Now, in Revelation 2.9 says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them, which say they are Jews and are not, but are in the synagogue of Satan. So they're not God's people, even though they think they are. This is uh, just some of the codenum that are doing. You can see the symbol, the hand symbol that they're doing. We're going to keep talking about this a little bit here. Uh, there's This is a video. I want you to, um, you'll have to just read it and just watch it. There's no... Words that are spoken, but the message is really very clear. Backwards? So as you can see, this comes from the paganized rabbi that wrote the Talmud and the Oral Torah. There's no such thing as Oral Torah. And they've come up with this gesture which is all from Kabbalism, um, which is Illuminati. You know, we've got the Masons. All of this is combined and all are together. Like, it's, like I say, it's the mysteries, the hidden mysteries. You know, the Lord warns us against those things. So the summary of what you just saw here on this little video was blessings from Numbers chapter 6. That's why they say that they get the, the message from or the blessing. I have no problem, of course, with the word of God, right? Yeah. And I have no problem saying that blessing. It's what they do with it that's the problem. Uh, symbolic interpretation in the Zohar, which we know Zohar now is um, it's one of the mystery books. is Kabbalism. It's just one of their books that they study. It's mysticism. It's symbolic interpretation in the Zohar blessing itself, the Shekinah and the Malkut, which means kingdom. Again, if you don't understand about the Shekinah, you won't understand how, um, how horrible this is that they've got so many Christians that have uh, received, that they think they're receiving this blessing when really they're receiving a curse by those that are presenting it with this symbol, this hand symbol. Uh, the, they say they're bringing down divine grace. It's really actually a curse. And the letter Shin for Shaddai is what they say it is, but really it stands for uh, the female aspect of God, which they say is the Shekinah. The Kabbalah is the mystical heritage of the children of Abraham. So we, you can see right here that this coonym that they're doing, this symbol or this hand gesture, they're really from the Kabbalah, they the Kabbalists. Right, let's continue on about Kabbalism because we don't want to read their mystical books, right? We want to expose some of their things that they're saying, not teach from it as if it's the Word of God. And that's what many of them do in the Hebrew Roots Movement. Kabbalism, this is a quote from Tex Mars, Kabbalism is a system of Jewish mysticism and magic and is the foundational element in modern witchcraft. Virtually all of the great witches and sorcerers of this century were Kabbalists, Tex Mars explains. It is the wellspring of virtually every wicked occult, sec, satanic secret society and witchcraft cult that has arisen in the past 1,000 years. The Kabbalah brings together all the mystery teachings of the ancients. Indeed, the Holy Bible says the Jewish elders had brought the mysteries into the temple and had conducted secret ceremonies in hidden chambers in the days of the prophet Ezekiel. And you can read that in Ezekiel 8. God called these teaching and rituals abominations. They were abominations unto him. We don't want to know these hidden mysteries. That's why the Lord says he was supposed to stay from these things like uh, numerology, also from... Um, the tarot cards or, you know, your zodiac, things, things of that kind of nature. God forbids us to do that. He forbids us. Um, the Tammuz, Tammuz uh, Egyptian ankh, this is a symbol for the pagan deity. And this was found in Ezekiel 8:14. 14. Uh, has upside-down egg on top. Of This looks like a cross, but it's an upside down, egg on top. And it symbolizes the goddess of fertility and Semiramis, who was the mother and wife of Nimrod. Ezekiel 8:14 14 says, Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women, we, women weeping for Tammuz. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, and their backs towards the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun towards the east, Tammuz. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit this abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine eyes shall not spare. Neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. We've well, got some dangers here, don't we? Uh, this was Winston Churchill. He was a Druid and Illuminati, Illuminati, Satanist. Uh, this is you know, Obama. You know, a lot of presidents do this because they become Illuminist. It's uh, Kabbalism at its best. Also, uh, this is a picture of Leroy Nimoy, you know, with the uh, Star Trek. Huh? Le- sorry, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, the Vulcan, the Kabbalah Freemasons, and the Council of Nine. So you can see this is, this is what he said was the Vulcan sign when um, he took it from the Jewish mysticism that he, that was transferred down from his, um, I think his grandfather, he said. They're not supposed to open their eyes to see this mystery, but he sneaked a peek, and now, you know, it's pretty much out there in the world. Um, Nimoy's Vulcan sign is the invocation of the devil. This is March 1st, 2015. Also, he published the Shekinah Project. This was in 2002, a photographic study exploring the feminine aspect of God's presence inspired by the Kabbalah. So that just should make you just, you know, as Christians, those that we know the truth of the word, know that, you know, if we hear the word Shekinah, that ought to put, it sh- you know, shivers down our spine going, that's not a God. But unfortunately, they say the Shekinah glory has arisen, has arrived in this room, It's come in. Uh, we have the lying signs of wonders because of the Shekinah that they are worshiping now. Uh, Vulcan, Cain and Masonry. Vulcan was the sun deity who was associated with fire thunderbolts, and light. So the Vulcan hand was not a made-up thing, right? It really is a pagan god, yeah. okay? And he was uh, associated with fire, thunderbolts, and light. Animal sacrifices took place at Vulcania. Vulcania was a festival in honor of the Vulcan, said to have married Venus, which is just another name of Lucifer. Vulcan is worshipped in Masonry under the name of Cain, And in the Masonic quiz book, the question is asked, who was Cain?" And the answer is, he is the Vulcan of the pagans. So this ought, should start opening up your eyes to understand, for those of you that understand masons and masonry, if you, you, if you have any kind of generations of past, and if you've signed up to be involved in that, you need to repent and get out, and I mean fast, um, and then break the, any kind of generational curses that follow that bloodline. In masonry, tubalcane is the name of the password for the master mason, or the third degree. Uh, former Mason Bill Schneblin, some of you might know that name. He was actually a, a speaker for the Prophecy Club several times. said, so this is called the two-ball cane, and it's a pun on the secret password of the master Mason, tubal cane. It's also all too obvious pun on the god of masonry, the male rep- reproductive organ. That's why they have the Shekinah, because that's really for the female part of the organ. A uh, Mason's secret handshake, you can see one of them. Can you see what that looks like? It is right there of what they've done with this, um, uh, the Illuminati or the uh, Kabbalists. They have their secret handshake, and they also are—they have this Vulcan sign or this Shin sign that they'll say, "This is from God." And we have the, the many of the uh, Hebrew Roots movement that are thinking this is a blessing when this should be another eye-opening to them. All right, so we're going to watch this video: uh, the Vulcan, the Kabbalah Freemasons, and the Council of Nine.
1: Again. The hand symbol represents the Hebrew letter shin. According to Kabbalistic sources, there are two sides to the shin. The right side, where the shin possesses three heads and represents this world, and the left side, which possessed four heads and represents the world to come. Each of the three prongs of the shin represents different dimensions of the human being, one being the kesser, will and pleasure, the second being intellect, and the third being emotion. And each of these have their own paths. And not surprisingly, there are several more layers of hidden meaning, of which isn't really that important for this video, but I'll leave some links where you can check them out for yourself. Now, the ritual that Leonard Nimoy was talking about there is a priestly blessing known as the Dukanin, which is performed by the Kohanims, who are the Jewish priests thought to be the descendants of Aaron, the Most High, brother of Moses, and according to Jewish tradition, have been divinely chosen to work in the Jewish temple and assist others in serving God. Here is an image of the Kohanim performing this blessing. Does anything look familiar to you? If you've studied occult symbolism at all, you know right away that this is very similar to the rock sign of the Illuminati that people have pointed out for a long time. Now, I don't really want to go down this rabbit trail right now, but I did want to point it out because it is very similar. Now. The real hidden spiritual deception behind this whole thing is found in the show Star Trek. The guy who created Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, has a very interesting past, getting mixed up with a group that called themselves the Council of Nine. Now, if you don't know about the Council of Nine, again, I'll leave some links in the description section. But in short, the Nine claim to be the Ennead or the Nine Major Gods of Ancient Egypt and the Nine Principles of the Universe. The story is long and complicated, but in short, it goes back to 1952 when the founder of the Round Table Foundation, a medical doctor named Andrija Puharich, who had been doing paranormal and psychic research for years brought in an Indian mystic named Dr. D.G. Vinod, who began to channel the nine. The history that follows is fascinating to look at, and many prominent people in culture have crossed paths with Puharic and his channelers, one of which was a young Israeli named Yuri Geller. By the time Puharic set up Lab 9 in New York, he was backed by multi-millionaire businessmen, European nobility, scientists from Stanford Research Institute, and prominent political figures. And so again, one of the folks influenced by this Council of Nine, these spiritual beings that were being channeled, is Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. And in fact, if you take a look at the number nine, you'll see it run through various elements of Star Trek throughout its various incarnations. But furthermore, the number nine in general has been displayed throughout many Hollywood films, as seen here. But let's get down to the Vulcan himself Spock was a hybrid, half human, half alien. But if we reach further back into history, we find that the Vulcan was the god of fire, where we get the word Volcano. Of course, we should immediately notice the connection with Lucifer, the morning star, or Prometheus, the light bearer. He was also the god of metalworking (laughs) and the forge, with the medieval alchemist Paracelsus declaring Vulcan as the god of alchemy. Which might have something to do with Azazel, the watcher in the book of Enoch, who taught mankind to make weapons. Now, this is interesting to consider because another name for Vulcan is Tubal-Cain. In Genesis 4.22, we read, and Zila, she also bear Tubal Cain, an instructor of every art here in brass and iron. And so how did Cain learn that stuff? Perhaps he was taught this by Azazel, the watcher, who taught mankind all the things of making weapons and of warfare. So if you look at the Gill's exposition of the entire Bible, here's what it states on a commentary for Genesis 4.22, quote, And Zillah, she also bare Cain, thought by many to be the same with Vulcan, his name and business agreeing, for the names are near and sound. Cain may easily pass into Vulcan and who with the heathens was the god of the Smiths and the maker of Jupiter's thunderbolts as this was an artificer of iron and brass as follows his name is compounded of two words the latter of which was no doubt put into the name in memory of Cain, his great ancestor. And former Josephus reads Theobel and says of him that he exceeded all in strength and had great skill in military affairs. Now, all this comes full circle when we read Manly P. Hall in his book, The Lost Keys of Freemasonry or The Secrets of Hiram Abiff*. This quote, When the Mason learns that the key to the warrior on the block is the proper application of the dynamo of living power, he has learned the mastery of his craft. The seething energies of Lucifer are in his hands, and before he may step onward and upward, he must prove his ability to properly apply energy. He must follow in the footsteps of his forefather, Tubal-Cain, who, with the mighty strength of the war god, hammered his sword into a plowshare. So... In conclusion, the bottom line is that the Vulcan symbol that everyone loves and enjoys has deep occult roots in not just mystical Hebraic tradition, but also the Illuminati and the occult and the Masons. And so the show Star Trek itself was wrought with channeled influences from the so-called Council of Nine, which I forgot to mention earlier that some folks have suggested that this whole thing with the Council of Nine was a CIA mind control operation, which it very well could have been. And so the mixture of aliens, pagan gods, channeled spirits, and the occult all come together in this one character of spock the hybrid vulcan human who was played by the late leonard nimoy and while i don't know where leonard nimoy is now even though i have an opinion of where he might be let's pray that people don't fall for these satanic traditions that have been so deeply embedded into our culture hope you guys have an awesome day
0: well <laughs> eye-opening huh all Right. so this is a summary of this what you just saw uh, the shin is the right side is the world. Uh, the left side is the world to come. Uh, descendants of the prehist- priesthood of Aaron. The council of nine major gods of Egypt. The Vulcan, god of fire, volcano Lucifer and Lightbearer. Another name for Vulcan is Cain. Also, he talked about the lost keys of Freemasonry by Manly P. Hall. And the way that they... Um, get their energies or how they're going to get their power is also through Lucifer and they end up, if you become a Freemason then you're going to end up worshipping Lucifer Uh, The Lost Keys of Freemasonry by Manly P. Hall, see the energies of Lucifer in his hands and this occultic symbol is channeled spirits from the Council of Nine so when these um, these, I guess you say high priests or those in the Hebrew Roots Movement and I've been talking about Jonathan Cahn of course a lot because he goes around, he's one of the the one that's the name that's out there that most people know, and he puts up this what he's saying is a blessing, and he's doing this Vulcan sign or this, this you know the uh, with the they call it the shin or whatever they want to call it. They're saying it's, you're, they're giving you a blessing, a Hebrew blessing, when really it's actually a curse coming upon you. So you need to reject that because he's channeling a spirit from the Council of Nine. That's what he's doing. He's channeling. It's channeling from Lucifer because he's also studying the Zohar. He started studying the other Kabbalist books and putting it out there as if it's the Word of God. And we as Christians are very vulnerable and also gullible and also stupid because we don't know what the Word of God says. And so we believe this. For this man walks in, seems all-powerful, has, uh, you know, the to lead over him, and he has his hand gestures up, and it sounds, you know, he's, he's speaking in Hebrew or singing in Hebrew, and we get caught up under the, the mystical part, which really is putting people even in a trance to accept that curse. That's why I'm having a problem with some things with Jonathan Cahn. Uh This occult symbol is channeled spirits from the Council of Nine of the Col- of Freemasonry, the Secret Society. And so my, that's, you know, that symbol that they do that hand gesture. So where did the nine harbingers come that Jonathan Kahn talks about? So hopefully you're trying to get the things put together here. So remember, we have to be discerning. Satan has a plan since he was kicked out of heaven to get prophecy students or the Lord's people off track. You know, are you believing the lies? Uh, you know, I have people at different... Well, all the crusades we have, or any kind of prayer meeting we have, they'll come up and try to hand me one of Jonathan Kahn's books. The harbinger, I mean, he has sold millions Millions out there to Christians, and they're reading it and studying it and believing these lies. He's there, you know, he says it's the hidden mysteries. Well, it's nothing but Kabbalism, it's nothing but mystical or mysticism. In um, uh, well, it's mysticism at its best, and as Christians, we're not supposed to do those, we're not supposed to study those things. So, God forbids us to do that, He calls it an abomination. Uh, we don't need to have that, I and mean, we can expose it. And if he was exposing it, then I wouldn't have a problem. But he's not. He's teaching it as if it's the Word of God. So Satan has a plan, and he's trying to get God's people off track. And we're not checking out things for ourselves. You know, I encourage you to check these things out that I'm bringing to you. You do the study. You know, find out if what Leslie is saying is true. I'm showing you video. It's not just Leslie's words here. It's showing you other things. teachers out there are saying these are problems. They're exposing things also. Uh, Check the fruit. Is it rotten? Does it have a little bit of the sewer water in the milk? And that's what they're combining here. A little bit of good, sounding very godly, sounding like they have the word of God inside of them. All in the while, they're putting you down in the sewer. Uh, Don't be caught up in the mystical things. Mark Giltz is another one. He's not a Christian. Uh, He talks against Christians. And it's called El Shaddai Ministries. So please stay away. Here's the pictures of Jonathan Kahn. You can see his... His hand gesture there, and he does this all over the world. So this, is, this will be a video clip. Do not receive this ariotic blessing. It's an occult symbol. It's channeling a curse. I think I cut that part off, but we'll see here. Okay, we can't start here. Ready for me? It's not going. If it doesn't start, it's okay. It's just it's not very long. Um, I'd say go to it yourself on YouTube, but you can't pull this up anymore. <laughs> yeah, they've taken it taken it down. It's okay, Sharon, if you can't get it. All right, we'll go on. Uh but Jonathan Kahn is um he's he's you know, speaking that um uh blessing, they say the ironic blessing with his uh, his hand gesture so he's praying over people. This might have been the one that uh, he was doing it over uh, like 200,000 people in India and of course they have somebody they've never seen before come in with a tallit you know over his head speaking in Hebrew seem very powerful and yet you know these people are just in awe and they're receiving a curse. Yeah, I get a little upset. Uh, this is, comes from the daily Zohar. Just, you can just see that uh, this, this uh, rabbi, um, Yossi, they're saying when the priest raises their hands, the people must not look at him. Because if you look at him, because then you'll see you know, God's face, I guess. So they say it's the Shekinah, rest on his hands. So they're standing in the place of God saying, with my hands and this, this gesture, that they're representing the Shekinah, their, their God, and that people are not to look at them. Okay? Um, it's, a, it's in the Exodus. You know, they use the scripture, Exodus 33, 20. It says, for no man shall see me and live, and so forth. But they call it the Shekinah. Again, if you don't understand, get my book on the Shekinah. It's not right. I can't move it. All right. Now, they, you, now you're not going to understand these words, and I certainly don't. But I just wanted to include you on some of what the teachings of of what's in the Zohar because if you're in Hebrew Roots movement or Messianic Jew movement, many of them, if you're in Hebrew Roots movement you're going to hear these words and you're going to think that they're something important when really God is saying, I don't want you to study this, I don't want you to know this, I don't, this is not from me um, it's mysticism You know, mysticism and Christianity should not be in the same sentence Right, so it says that uh, when we learn, we learn that when the priest raises his hands in blessing, the people must be in awe and fear and know that at that time, a goodwill or the el-razon prevails throughout the worlds. You know, they, remember the last time I talked to you about it, it, says there's a myriad of worlds. You know, that just sounds very mystic, mystical anyway in itself. The upper and the lower beings are blessed and there is no judgment among them all. That is the time when the most ancient and concealed, they say, the Eric. Anpin is revealed and illuminates in Zir Anpin, <laughs> and peace prevails in all the worlds. So you you start off in the Eric Ampen, and then you go into the Zir Anpin, and then you have the peace. And this this is a I thought you'd like this Stan. This symbol on this book. This is a, the Zir Anpin is the indwellingment or the indwelling of the Imminent Shekinah. Um, this is your little target there, Stan. Your six 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 little target. There. Uh, so, I thought you might then you see people you know you might not recognize that that 's the pendant that they 're wearing, but it 's all you know worshiping Shekinah. This came from Kabbalah online um, that you remember I talked about when uh, Jonathan Kahn was talking about uh, the Zohar speaks and he was speaking through that group of people, and he says you know talks about the dew, which actually ends they're saying end up being means it 's one of god 's names and it represents god's and it 's just more um, just knowing that I've done my research really is what this is all about. So the Zohar as a magic uh, expounds its role in creation where it is the microscopic equivalent of Eric iron pen uh, in the Sephirotic tree of life. So they talk about the tree of life, right? And they talk about, you'll see here in a minute, they, um, it's all about the upside-down tree too, the inverted tree. And then Kabbalah online, you can go there and, and you can study about the two souls and, and how... You know, once we become a god, then we, become, then we can have uh, you know, peace, I guess, peace on earth. Everything can come and dwell together. And until mankind joins the other part of God, in other words, worshiping him and realizing that they're a god, which they're not, obviously, but they want them to, just like Lucifer's trick, is to make you believe that you're going to be a god. That's, that's where the occultic um, lie comes from in every sect of occultism. There's just different verses. It talks with it's just talking about, you know, um, that all these these different names and how it comes comes about to pronouncing so that they can say this is God. Um, they talk about the most ancient or the you know, the ancient ones. Um, and you know, it sounds again like well we've got to study about the ancient mystical teachings out here. We've gotta know what was before you know the word of God. No, we don't. And that's what they're trying to do. Uh, the Zohar the magic expounds of its role in creation. Where does the Michael I've already said that. Um, the, this is came from Rabbi Shimon. They said that whoever is distressed from his dream, because he had a bad dream, shall come when the priests spread out their hands in a blessing and say, Master of the universe, I am yours and my dreams are yours. And is it written in many prayer books, what is the reason for at this time of the priestly blessing... It is because compassion prevails in all the worlds of that time. Again, they're talking about myriads of worlds. Whoever will put forth his prayers about distress, judgment will return into mercy for him because the priestly blessings draw down the lot of compassion that will mitigate his distress. In other words, you've got to, um, you know, they talked about the, the myriad of worlds, but also they're talking about the cosmic Christ that's going to come. They believe in a cosmic Christ. They're looking for this cosmic Christ to come. Yeah, the Antichrist, right? Um, I don't really need to go on this, these are just some of the teachings about in the Zohar and I don't have much time, so I want to get to some other important things. But I think you're getting the point. This is where you can get some of the information that I've gotten. Um, I don't need this there's a video here. Is there one? Okay.
2: From the tribe of Levi and I'm um from the house of Aaron so it, it said the children of Aaron were to give this blessing to the people of Israel the children of Israel uh, and they would often lift their hands like this which was the sign of the Shekinah glory in fact Star Trek when they say live long and prosper is a form of the ironic benediction that uh, I think it was when Leonard Nimoy was a little kid and he was fascinated by at the synagogue when the sons of Aaron would lift up their hands and so they put that into Star Trek so that is the own blessing and believer in the Lord and we come to his priesthood and he's led me to do this and to fulfill this uh, this calling when I came into ministry he gave me scriptures about Aaron and his sons so only in Messiah Yeshua Jesus as a Jew am I fulfilled and as a son of Aaron am I fulfilled and then it's prophesied that in the end of days that uh, the light of God's going to go to all nations, that Jew and Gentile are going to be together in Messiah. And so he's called us now as Jewish believers and as Gentile believers to be lights to the nations and to go out. So this year he's called me and he's called you to go to the nation. So the first nation I was called to was India. And so, you know, they had never seen a Jew there before in their lives. And they never saw a Jewish believer there in their lives. And, and except they knew about a Jewish believer, Thomas, who brought them the gospel. So I was walking in his footsteps. So so uh, when I went there, I stood before about 100,000 Indian people in robes, seeing a Jewish person. And I lifted up my hands, you know, and they bowed their heads. And I did the ironic blessing for the first time in Madras. You know, I chanted it to them, and then they translated it into Tamil language. And the reaction was, you know, they'd never heard anything like this, and I'd never seen anything like this. The reaction was that they they, they were like they were like screams, and there were like all sorts of things happening throughout the the the, the hundred thousand. You know, and it was just, it blew us away. You know, that it was something we knew we were seeing something prophetic
0: and something of the end time. We want
2: you to have this
0: prophetic. No, we don't want you to have it. So we're not going to listen. <laughs> I'm not going to channel and have it come down in here. We're not going to have a curse here. Are you getting the point here? We're getting it all together, putting it all together. So in summary, he said that he was from the house of Aaron, and he is to give the Aaronic blessing to the children of Israel. Uh, it's a sign for the Shekinah glory. Again, get my DVD or the book about uh, the Shekinah is not right. It was a star, just like he talked about the Star Trek blessing, "Live long and prosper," is a form of the Ariane blessing. So God led him to do this? Really? No, it's a satanic symbol, right? Um, end of days that the light of God will go out to all nations. The Masons worship Lucifer, is the light bearer. You have to be careful. Just kind of sometimes, when these words, they sound like they that must be from the scriptures. Or they'll say the enlightened one, or we are supposed to be enlightened. You know, these are many of these words are very new age words, and we have to be careful what we're accepting. So they are worshiping Lucifer, and they're channeling evil spirits. Now, this was in Jonathan Cahn's uh, 2015 God's News Behind the News. Uh, he was talking at the, about the, the harbingers at um, this ministry, and I. I came across this video just when I was doing my studies, and I'm like, why, "Why? I don't know who put it there. I don't know if it was added later, but um, it was an international prophecy conference. And so why is there an all-seeing eye showing up period- periodically across the bottom of the video when Jonathan Kahn is talking? But people don't uh, really realize that, um, I don't think this is by accident but they don't understand even these prophecy students should know one of the most simplest of terms about the all-seeing eye, right? They should at least know that. But it talks about, you know, it has, a little, uh, has a, the banner up there with his ministry, Jonathan Kahn's ministry, and there's a video, too. Y'all didn't get it? There we go. It's okay.
2: When 9-11 took place, there was no state in the union where marrying a man to a man was legal. Now there are several. Interesting, it began from New England, the home of the Puritans. And
0: as he talks, The harbinger came out
2: exactly with the year. It came that first week of 2012, even the first days. And that year, interestingly, turned out to be a year of tipping points. This past year was significant. A tipping point is defined as the moment of critical mass, when things begin to change rapidly, when change accelerates.
0: Interesting. Oh, well, that was, like I guess, I'm not sure how it got there. Um, also, there was a Arianic blessing that was given to Gateway Church in Dallas, July 20th, 2015. And I believe I have a video clip from on this one too. It's, uh, watch for the satanic hand symbol. And many Christians in the Gateway Church ignorantly received and accepted the satanic curse. Does it not there? We don't have it. Okay, so I'll just tell you about this video because it might not be able to be found anymore. Uh, This—he was speaking there at this church, this Gateway Church in Dallas—and he came and he put the toleet over his head and he—he did with this Arionic blessing and and people were in a trance. You could see it. You could just see they're just in awe with this man and they're they're raising their hands just receiving it. You know, not knowing that really he's channeling evil spirits to them. So to me, it's time to stop being deceived, people. Uh, it's time to know your surrounding. It's time to repent and ask forgiveness for receiving the satanic curse or believing in any lie from Lucifer, the god of the cult. It is time to stop seeking the mystical things and seek after the things of the truth according to God's word. We must know the word. We must memorize the word. And we say the King James Version, right? So, unfortunately, mysticism has entered into the church in many ways, many lying signs and wonders, but now we have them coming out saying that they're doing a, a, a blessing to you. And, um, you know, we, we, um, we, um, we do the feast, many of the feasts. Uh, you know, it's, it's not for us. We don't have to. Right, We don't have to as Christians, but it was a sign to the Jews of Jesus coming, and they denied him, but it's okay to have a party every once in a while, so we might as well do it on the feast days, right? All right, so the harbinger, I'm just going to go through this kind of fast here, but the harbinger, the inverted tree, and why Christians need to discriminate very carefully between prophecy and speculation, this came by, uh, some of what I'm going to explain to you here comes from by Jeremy James. Yeah, he, he, I thought he did a pretty good study. But this is the inverted tree. And then really, it's into, it's in a lot of different of occultic-type religions. Um, in Hinduism, um, Buddhism, uh, New Age, uh, all kinds of things about the inverted tree. The Masons use their Christian persona to hide the fact that they are steadily undermining traditional Christian values through the judicial system, social indoctrination, media propaganda, and in many other ways. They're also striving where possible to appropriate biblical prophecy for their own purposes. So they have, they, they think this inverted tree, the Masons, that's what they are trying to get. Really, it's what so is above is so below is what they're saying. And again, it all comes down to to eventually become a god and to worship Lucifer. Uh, British Israelism is part of this agenda. The belief that the Aristotic and the elite bloodlines of both the United Kingdom and the United States are direct descendants of the lost tribes of Israel, and thus the ones that will inherit the promise made to Jacob and the patriarchs in the Old Testament. You've probably heard some, even some Christians out there, that teach that we are Israel as Christians. That's a lie. We're not. Um, Interpretations of biblical prophecy which fit in with this agenda are highly esteemed by the Masonic fraternity, this has the dual advantage of giving a scriptural veneer to their plan of the ages, while at the same time opposing the Lord's will for Israel. Uh, the cult meaning of this inverted tree. The 9-11 prophecies, and this is what uh, some of the things that Jonathan Kahn talks about, profess to find the connection between the sycamore tree, which was uprooted in Wall Street, and its symbolic return some years later in the guise of Gary Street sculpture outside Trinity Church. The work an inverted tree, cast in bronze, and known popularly as the Trinity root, was officially installed in 2005. It is significant, therefore, that Manly Hall refers specifically to the occult meaning of the inverted tree. So, you know, the Masons are making a statement, right? But we have uh, Christians out there that are reading the Harbinger, studying the Harbinger, and they're getting into the mysticism, and they're believing about this inverted tree. Uh, the mystery taught that the divine energies from the gods descend upon the top of the pyramid, which, which was likened to an inverted tree with its branches below and its root at the apex. From this inverted tree, the divine wisdom is disseminated by the streaming down the diverging sides and radiate throughout the world. This was taken from Manly P. Hall. So they're saying this is the mystery. This is mysticism again. They're saying that this is, this is where divine wisdom is going to come from. Um, the medieval Kabbalists represented creation as a tree with its roots in the reality of spirit and its branches in the illusion of the tangible existence. The Sephirothic tree of the Kabbalah was therefore inverted and with its roots in heaven and its branches upon the earth. Um, Madame Velaski notes that the Great Pyramid was considered to be a symbol of this inverted tree with its fruit at the apex of the pyramid and its branches diverging in four streams towards the base. Again, this is, all, this is, um, this is their tree of life. The Kabbalists, this is what they worship, or the Masons. The inverted or the Sephirotic three has been exalted by magicians and occultists for centuries. Uh, this is still this uh, Jeremy Jones James talking. While I'm not suggesting for a moment that as the author is familiar with the plan of the ages and the goals being pursued by the Masons in the Vatican, his fictional speculation about biblical prophecy, he's talking about Khan, uh plays right into their hands. It's truly astonishing that so few Americans seem to understand the forces that control their country. Here, this is just another picture of that, what you see. The plan, the plan of the devil is to get Bible prophecy students, or for those that are studying the Word of God, those that call themselves Christian, to get them off the correct understanding and into the error, and therefore um, wanting to know the hidden mysteries. Or the, you know, the ancient writings, that they would call it. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing but, you know, a mystical plan of the devil. We, they want people to learn how to levitate and do all kinds of things that we are not, all kinds of witchcraft that we're not to do. I think it's time to pray, so I'd like for you just to pray this with the out loud. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It's time to get rooted back into the Word. We don't want to be staying in darkness. We don't want to stay there. We don't want to worship it. We don't want to learn about it. We want to expose it. Yes. You know, we need to prove what's acceptable to, to the Lord instead of falling after the lies of the devil. Um, have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather reprove them, rather expose them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. You know they talk about this is the upside-down cross. Uh, they say, say it's the peace sign. Is it really? No. It's really not. You know, we have... Um, families are allowing their children or their young daughters to wear these things. Uh, But we need to not be ignorant anymore, okay? Um, Today is your day. So what are you going to choose? Amen? Who are you going to choose? Who are you going to choose to serve? You know, maybe some things that were exposed to you or brought to your attention that you are not liking to hear. But, you know, the truth is going to make you free. The truth is going to say, I'm going to do it differently. Lord, forgive me. I repent from these things. Maybe you need to Get out of where you're fellowshipping. Maybe you need to walk away from friends and family even. But it's important. It's important to do things that are according to God's, God's word and also that will please the Lord instead of not pleasing him. You don't want to get caught up into believing these lies. Um, it's, you know, it's easy. It's sometimes very tempting. It's a very seductive type of a spirit that wants to gather you into, that, into their palm. And then again, you'll be used of the devil. Second Corinthians six, 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is your day. Today is your day of salvation. In John 3.18, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. Maybe, you've, maybe you have in the past, but you walked away from him. Maybe you got into the mysticism thinking you were doing something that was pleasing to God. Maybe you think praying with that that prayer shawl over your head, covering your head, is the only way to pray. And that's the only way he's going to hear your prayers. That's a lie from the enemy also. Don't be caught up into that handicap. Don't be caught up into that. that It becomes a familiar spirit. It also becomes something that's going to be a stronghold on your life. You know, we don't have to do those things. We can speak to Jesus right now. We can go to the Father Right? We can go to the Father in Jesus' name. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And one of the things about the Hebrew Roots Movement, also Messianic Jew Movement, is they're trying to get you to do works. Trying to get you to do things that they say are pleasing to God when they're really not. Praying into a candle. That's very occultic, those things. And, um, uh, the Roman okay, now Acts three two thirty eight says that Peter said, Did I read Romans ten? 10? Thou thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. You confess with your mouth. You believe Jesus Christ in your heart, and you confess to others that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. It's important to do that. And then Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So let's all pray this prayer together. Maybe you've prayed it a thousand times. It's okay to pray it again out loud a thousand and one times. You know, maybe we have messed up and we need to come back and say, Lord, please forgive me. Maybe you're going to walk out of those Hebrew Roots Movement. Maybe you're going to walk out of being uh, the lies of the Messianic Jews. And I'm not saying every one of them in that, that, you know, that are claiming to be in the Hebrew Roots Movement are doing these things, but I would guess that many of them are just because of what they're being taught and being taught about this, um, this lying gesture, this hand gesture. You're not receiving an Arianic blessing. You're not receiving a blessing from God at all. You're receiving a curse if you allow them to pray over you with that so if you've done that and i know many have because he was at the even at the uh washington monument right i don't know hundreds of thousands of people there saying there's gonna he's gonna pray this ariotic blessing over them and people get in a trance they're just in awe they think he's speaking wonderful things and that he's that they're receiving a blessing and he's blessing america and so i i have to expose these things so just repeat after me dear heavenly father I admit that I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God who died on the cross, arose three days later, and sits at the right hand of the Father. I accept his blood to wash away my sins. Write my name in the book of life. Keep me holy and save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you just pray that prayer for the first time, please let us know. We we love to to um, communicate with you. You know, confess to others that you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's not a perfect church. Love to say the Spirit Prophet Church is perfect, but we know we're not. We try to teach the Word of God. We try to teach truth here. We do our best, um, but there's not a perfect church. However, you're going to want to leave, stay away from, and avoid churches where there's obvious an abomination or blasphemous unto our God. Or if they they come in, they're calling on the Shekinah glory, you already know, "Mm, I need to walk out. Even if it's the middle of the service. You don't want to be in that church. Um, Do not enter the church or synagogue who denies that Jesus is the way. For he, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior, is the only way to heaven. In John 14:6, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by, by me. And notice it says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Sometimes people put in there light. So then we get into the, some of the New Age stuff. And some of the, these New Age Bibles have, have changed some of the word, but he's the one that gives eternal life to us. Anyway, God bless each one of you in this church and also those of you that have been online for enduring this sound doctrine. I know that some of you, um, it's not been easy, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you're going to be able to walk out and know some of the truth that will set you free because God wants you free. He doesn't want you to stay. He doesn't want you to stay where there's an abomination unto Him. And again, you know, exposing these lies are important. That's become one of the jobs that God has me do because there's error in the church. And we need to know what that area is so we don't follow after it. Amen? Don't you want truth? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I know that truth sometimes is difficult. Truth hurts sometimes. Truth means you have to change your ways and change your being, change who you are, change all your actions. But, however, it says in John eight thirty two, 32, And the, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It'll make you want to do it right. It'll make you change. Share this with all your friends. Uh, you can go to like, share, subscribe. We ask you to do that. Share, click on that you like, and then share with others and subscribe. And then you can donate by giving, clicking on the link, the link below. And then you can contact us here. If you have at the thespiritprophecychurch.com. If you have any comments that you'd like to share, or that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we love to hear those kind of comments. All right, God bless. Stay tuned. We'll be back later. Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Morning. Good morning. Red, white, and blue day, All right? July 4th. Happy Fourth of July! I uh, hope that you're going to enjoy the day. And uh, here in just the Plano, Texas area, it's a nice, beautiful day out there. So, hope you can have some hot dogs. What are you supposed to have on Fourth of July? Hot dogs, hamburgers, apple pie, Chevrolet. <laughs> How's it go? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so some of the things I wanted to just remind you about, there's no Bible study for the summer. We'll we'll resume probably right after the watchman's trumpet uh, prayer. Do you want to talk about the prayer thing, honey? Coming up or up I kinda pulled him. You get to talk. Um, so here at this church you can you can just say Sharon if you want. What?
3: It's called turning on my microphone.
0: Oh. Um so if, here at the Spirit of Prophecy Church, we do need some volunteers to help with it because it will be 48 hours prayer non-stop. Uh, so we want to, we need to kind of spread out the, the hours. Uh, we'd love for you to help out. You can see Sharonda to sign up, or you can also sign up on uh, WatchmanTrumpet.com. All right, your turn.
3: Oh, I thought it was funny how the children on the front row all began humming that feedback sound. That's what it was. It wasn't real feedback. It was the children humming. Well, maybe not. Okay, so I'm bringing a positive message today, and I'm going to keep it positive. However, you definitely want to listen to the broadcast this next week, because I'm going to be bringing some information that I think is going to put America praying on her face. And that's the whole point of the Solemn September Assembly. Talk to Dana Coverstone, and God has given him this this new dream, this new information. In my opinion, there's no question it's from the Lord. And if we don't pray, we're going to be in a world of hurt. So the Solemn September Assembly is exactly that. It's a chance to pray with other people that really believe that America's in trouble and that Jesus is the only way to not only heaven, but to save our nation. So we're calling people to fast and pray for 48 hours. Take your meds and things like that. Still have juice and coffee, but no food for 48 hours. And if you haven't been there, we set up a microphone. We have a limit of five minutes on the microphone. Each person comes up and pray. And if you've not been there, if you are not seen it online, then you're going to hear some of the best prayers you've ever heard in your life
0: a lot of good prayer warriors
3: yeah absolutely (laughs) people that really know how to reach the throne and grab it and shake it (laughs) through the name of the power of jesus so we keep that going for 48 hours we start it with shofar blow not brass instruments it's got to be a real ram's horn a real shofar because that's maybe i should bring a teaching on that but Anyway, it's seven long, loud blasts with the shofar to start it. Then we pray every five minutes for 48 straight hours. Then we conclude it. Seven long, loud blasts. Why? Because the shofar is a declaration of war. And that's what the Christians of this nation are doing. We are declaring war against the devil that is trying to take down our nation. We're asking people together under one name, Jesus, to do one thing. Pray for America. One thing. That's the only thing we do for 48 hours. So if you want to be a part of it and you do want to, oh, stand! but aren't you going to put it uh, on live stream? Yes, we are. But if you notice that in the upper room where the oh Holy God. Spirit moved and there was tongues of fire, it wasn't on live stream. They showed up. Show up. Get your face on TV. Get your prayer on TV. Show up. This is a chance for us to really be strong Christians. To send out the ministry, protecting, guardian, and warrior angels through the power and the blood of Jesus to destroy the, the, the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness and evil in high places over this nation. Either we do that or we're going to lose this nation and I just felt the anointing touch me, I believe we can have the victory. But I believe it's not going to be just watching on live stream. And if you absolutely can't make it, I understand. Do that. Watch it on live stream. But if there's any way possible, and since I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, it is possible. If you want to come, look, we're supposed to be able to move mountains if we have belief. So if we can move a mountain, we ought to be able to arrange to get to Richardson, Texas, or the DFW area, for one 48-hour period to fast and pray. Amen? It's September six. Go to watchmans-trumpet.com watchmans-trumpet.com, watchmanstrumpet.com, 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 watchmanstrumpet.com. Yes, Get signed ma'am. up. Yeah.
0: Yes, and you get you. you know, if you'd like to, we encourage you to get uh, one of the rooms at the Hyatt there in Richardson, which it'll be on the website, you can sign.
3: Yeah, let me say something about that. Here's the way, uh, I'm just gonna be honest with you, okay? So, they give us the room free, (laughs) but. The but is, we have to have a minimum of a number of nights where people stay there. If not, they charge us $4,000 a night, for the day, for the room. So, don't stay someplace else. Stay at the Hyatt.
0: Well, and also, you know, if you're thinking, well, I'll just have six people to share the room and share the expense, they're going to charge you for per person. So it's, it's you know, it's about also, um, you know, helping the prophecy club. So we can not have this astronomical bill, please. That would help. Miss yes, ma'am. Oh, do, yes. The last time people brought their their mats or their bedding to just sleep in the room and stay there for the 48 hours. Um, we encourage you to reserve a room there if you're going to sleep. If you're going to stay up the 48 hours, then you don't need to be bringing your mats so you can sleep there. We just didn't, that's It's not for sleeping. It's about for praying. So we encourage you to get a room. Um, okay, so um, Sunday, August 1st is Pizza Sunday. And now we're going to have... We're going to have a um, movie night at the Johnson's, Saturday, July the 31st at 7 p.m. Okay, so movie night at the Johnson's, not here. It won't be live stream. Be live stream. <laughs> so July the 31st, bring snacks to share, popcorn, candy. Listen, kids, popcorn and candy and pop will all be there for you. Of course, it's past your bedtime already, but, you know, maybe you can talk your parents into coming. Um, so that's going to be the movie we're going to watch is Soul Surfer. And it's going to be out by the pool. So you can get in the pool, and you get in the hot tub, and you can watch a movie. Now, how cool is that? Isn't that fun? We did that um, with our family a couple weeks ago, and Leslie Ann and some of the kids and Rachel, right? Y'all were in a big float, just floating around in the pool (laughs) watching the movie. It was great fun. I think that's um, all I need. All right, let's stand. We'll get our prayers, and we get our service going. I want to pray, so please stand. Let's just raise our hands and bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come boldly before your throne room of grace and mercy, and we thank you so much that we can come here to freely worship you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Please guide and direct everything that is done. Let it be done decently and in order. Lord, we want to please you today. We want to please you in our uh, praise and worship to you. We want to please you in our tithes and offerings. We want to please you in everything that we do. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you just enter this place and be present with us. Let us feel your presence. Let us know that you're here and that you're pleased with what we are doing. Lord, I ask that if there's any that are watching online, or if there's any that could not be with us today that are part of this church, for whatever reason, if they're traveling, give them traveling mercies, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Place your angels around about them. And Lord, if there's any that are sick amongst our members, in the name of Jesus, We command that spirit of infirmity to get out of them right now and go in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for healing them. We thank you for your touch. We thank you for your anointing. And Lord, I thank you that right now they're they're standing up, they're walking, and they're believing, and they have faith, and they know that you've touched them right now, and that they are healed in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise, and we give you honor and glory for all that you do. And, Lord, again, we want to please you today, this July 4th. We love our nation, Lord, and we know that there's not another nation, even though there's things that we're displeased about, I know there's not another name, a nation that calls on the name of Jesus like America. So, Lord, we here are pleased to be an American. We are pleased to be here in this blessed nation that you say is your nation. So, Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, you may be seated for just a few minutes. We're going to take um, do communion, and then we'll get started with our praise and worship and so forth.
3: The prophet, the prophet was speaking this morning about how wrong it is to do some of the things having to do with Jewish mysticism, having to do with things that are coming out of the Kabbalah. If there is one thing that Christians can absolutely, positively look to, to get a blessing, it is communion. This thing we're about to do. As I've said many times, when I grew up in a church, we did it every Sunday, and it got to be past the potatoes. Not a special thing. So we do it here at this church once a month, but we make it something special, because that's what it is. The act of communion is remembering the night that Jesus had communion and changed everything. He changed the way we get into heaven because before that, they didn't have their sins removed. They had them rolled back for another year or until the next sacrifice rolled around. They had them temporarily removed. But what Jesus did in the upper room, he said, this I'm making a new covenant. And then a few hours later, he was nailed to the cross. If we want a blessing, then this is very important for us to do. So, before these guys hand this out, let's pray a blessing over it, as the scriptures say. Lord, we know that this is just grape juice and that this is unleavened bread. But what it represents is the most powerful thing in the planet. It is the most powerful thing, all time, past, present, and future. And Lord, we know that you are worthy because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. What this represents is everything. And so we take this with reverence this morning. We thank you for it. We ask that this grape juice would represent your blood. And this unleavened bread would represent your body that was nailed to the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for you folks at home, since you don't have our handy-dandy little cups here, what you do, if you don't already have it in your home, you go and you get yourself some, what we do is get Concord grape juice. Which get some kind of grape juice. And then you get unleavened bread. Absolutely do not take any bread that has any kind of leavening. Well, how do we know if it has it? Well, look on the box. One of the things that Leslie and I do is we go to the grocery store and we specifically ask them, where is your kosher bread? In other words, and we make certain that it says kosher on it because kosher means that it has been prepared according to, as in, no leaven. You want to make certain it has no leaven. Why? Because leaven is a sign of sin. One of the other things that the the Old Testament is very specific about, you do not bring any kind of honey into the sacrifice. Because honey, while it may be sweet to our taste, is actually bee spit. Okay, so it's, it's not clean. So what we're trying to do here is represent something very clean. So for just a moment, let's try to imagine, I was just listening to just Matthew again this, this past week. Jesus told them several times, the sheep is going to, the, the shepherd's going to be hit, the sheep is going to scatter, that, you know, I'm going to be in the heart of the earth. He told them several times that he's going to be sacrificed. But for whatever reason, they didn't get the revelation on it. Now, the revelation is, is when, Their curtains pull back and all of a sudden you see and you understand. They didn't understand. So what they thought was this was just another Passover meal. It was not just another Passover meal. So Jesus first handed around, as we're about to do here all together. He handed around unleavened bread. He broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body that is broken for you. And they all ate. They thought that they, they were just having a Passover meal. Just another thing that he was doing. They didn't understand. Then he took and poured wine in those days. It's a red wine. They call it hammer for a reason. They say you drink that wine and you can't hold your eyes open, which is probably the reason they couldn't pray with him, according to what our Israeli guide said. He poured that cup of wine. He said, This is my blood that is sacrificed for you, and they all drank. And Lord, we represent, we, we know that this is representing your body and your blood. We thank you for that sacrifice. We ask you to forgive our sins. And yes, Lord, we do ask for a blessing to come into our life. We ask that you bless the head of the house and the wife, and the children, and the grandchildren, and the business, and the home, and their possessions, bless them, Lord, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, and that you would also correct us, correct us so that we can be more Christ-like, because we know that you are the righteous judge, and you only correct to help us to become more Christ-like so that we can walk closer to you and please you, so that we all hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Time to praise the Lord.
4: Go ahead.
5: a lawyer once. His name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services, and we sing the words of that song, and they float over our minds and our lips, and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about 1,000 yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight, you're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. They said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered, and you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis got key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, suddenly the British war fleet unleashed. <coughs> he says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling, Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb, and Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said he remembered what George Washington had said. He said the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The admiral said we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Key said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. A prayer God keep that flag flying where we last saw it sunrise came he said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land but the rampart was tall enough there stood the flag completely nondescript in shreds the flagpole itself was at a crazy angle flag was still at the top. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And what he found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. And when hit had fallen, but men bothers knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were Patriots' bodies. He penned the song, Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. or the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. O oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The debt was demanded. The price, it was paid.
4: Where two or more are gathered in His name He is there For all who come and run to Him in faith He is there There is power in the name of Jesus Power, power in His name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power, power in His name. No fear, no lie can stand against us now. Cause He. silence every doubt for he is here there is power in the name of Jesus there is power power in his name there is power in the name of Jesus there is power Power in His name. Whoa, there is power in His name. Whoa, singing one name, one name, one name can save. One name breaks every chain. One name always. One name, Jesus. One. It remains one name We will proclaim
6: one name Always one name There is power In the name of Jesus There is power Power in His name
4: There is
6: power In the
4: name of Jesus There is power Power in its name There is power in the name of Jesus There is power Power in his name There is power in the name of Jesus There is power Power in his name Jesus!
0: chills when they sing those songs amen. oh it's so awesome and that's what we want we want god to bless america
3: amen.
0: i don't want these olympics people going to the going and not representing our our country they can stay home or go represent a different country amen i mean god bless america you know we're not perfect this nation but we are founded on the christian principles so We're going to call it back in, right? As Christians, it's our job to call back in those foundations. The enemy wants to destroy our foundations, foundations, the Christian principles. But it's time that we stand firm. Stand firm and believe our God, because God bless America. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this man of God. I thank you that he's coming to give us your word today. Lord, I know that he spent time praying and asking you what to share with your people. And Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and help us have eyes to see. Help us have understanding and when we walk out those four door, the doors of this church, the four corners of this church, and others that they're watching online, that we not forget what was brought here today that we receive your blessing, we receive your word, we receive it, and we know it, and we remember it, remember it in the name of Jesus. Lord, anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, give him revelation, knowledge, even as he brings the message to us. Give him discernment. Give him more word of knowledge, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Give him examples, Lord, and anoint him as a preacher of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Great and marvelous. Are thy works, Lord God Almighty? Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee. When they see who you are, when they see you return with all power and glory, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, and we look forward to that day when there will be no more sin, there will be no more death. And Lord, we ask you to bless this nation and give me the words to say to encourage the people that there are some good times coming in Jesus' name, amen. So... Today's Independence Day, 4th of July, it's a day when we can celebrate some good things in our nation. And so today we're going to talk about that. I uh, openly confided to everyone that I had never really asked God to make me a New Testament preacher, you know, a real preacher. I mean, I mind teaching that prophecy stuff, but, you know, being a preacher, but, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, something in that ballpark, I began saying, okay, 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 fine. fine. I now want to be a preacher. I want to preach the word of God. I want to preach Jesus. I want to preach, I need some air blowing on me, I'm warm up here. I want to preach the blood of Jesus. I asked him to start giving me revelation. So I normally drive around, I have a little iPod connected into my car, and I normally, when I turn on my car, it starts playing Revelation. But I reached the end of Revelation and it jumped over to Matthew. And at first I started, I th- <laughs> <laughs> gotta go back to Revelation. No, wait a minute. Been a long time since I listened to Matthew. Okay, we'll let Matthew play. So I'd been driving around for several days Letting Matthew play. And ran across these scriptures. And something jumped out of the scriptures to me. If you've not had a revelation from God, let me explain how it works. Works in different ways. I mean, sometimes there's a dream or a vision, but a lot of times it's all of a sudden, it's like it's like there's a door in the spirit opens up and you still see that that's English, you still hear that's English, but all of a sudden, kind of like that song, we just, we got a different understanding once we heard that story about Francis Scott Key. We got a different, we got a deeper understanding. Well, that happens a lot of times when we're studying (laughs) and reading, excuse me, the Word of God, all of a sudden, we, we we get a, a, a deeper understanding that we've never got before. A lot of times, that's a revelation. And I got one in these scriptures. It has to do with this area right here. Now, I know those are kind of small words, but I want to put them all on one page because there's an important point I want to make here. And I'm going to tell you the point in advance before we get to it. And that is... Can I tell you these 32 years how I've been carrying the message, the warning of Demetri Dudeman? and I'd always been saying that Revelation 18 had to be speaking about America, which is correct, and then there's actually a total of six chapters in the Bible talking about America, but I'd never seen this. So I'm bringing you a positive message this morning. I, here's, here's where we're going. Let me just tell you the point of what I'm going to say right up front. The point is, I believe that America is this nation. I believe that America is the police officer of the world. We are the nation that God has called us to take his word, to take his blood, and take it to the world, especially, specifically, and that's what it's about to say. I'm going to show you in the Bible, I'm going to show you in the prophecies, Specifically, that God has raised up America to be that nation that replaces, now, you hear what I'm saying, because you could misunderstand this, that replaces what Israel was supposed to do. Israel was supposed to be the nation that did that. Now, I'm going to show you at the bottom. No, God has not thrown Israel away. That's not what I'm saying. But see, you remember the story when the woman came and asked Jesus to pray and heal, she, he said, no, because I'm not sent to the Gentiles, in so many words. And she says, and he said, but I've, been, I've not been sent to the dogs. And remember, she said, yes, but even if there's a morsel that falls off the bread, or falls off of the table, that the dogs will eat it. Remember that? And he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Meaning, meaning, Jesus originally was sent to the Jews and only to the Jews. What I'm about to show you in the scriptures, this was the revelation I got, is that we are that nation in these scriptures that God has chosen. And when I was reading this, I got the anointing touching me. I... I've got a confirmation that in my heart, there's absolutely positively no question that's what this is saying. That we are, America, is the nation that is supposed to carry the name of Jesus to the world. And for the most part, we've done that. Of course, we've also fallen on our face of recent. And now the nation that took the Bible to the world, the nation that took the King James Bible from England And printed it up and spread it around the world has now been the nation that has also allowed the devil through Hollywood and the music and the print to also take corruption around the world. Which is one of the reasons we're about to be punished. Now, the point here. So we're going to go to Matthew 21. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it about. Now, why a vineyard? Why not a wheat field? Because he knew that when he was starting this, see, what's the difference between the grape and the wheat? The wheat are those people that are saved. Gather my wheat into the barn. Whereas the vineyard, I believe it was not an apple. We've talked about this before. Not an apple that Adam and Eve ate, but it was a grape. There's only eight verses in the entire King James Bible that have the word apple in them. And none of them have anything bad to say about the apple. (laughs) But, boy, look up grape or wine or vineyard or wine press or anything like that, and it's all bad. Which, by the way, why would we use grape juice to represent the blood of Jesus? Because grape juice represents the most evil. It represents eating of the, the fruit that Adam and Eve ate of, yet blood of Jesus purified it, okay, I think there's a reason why we, some place back there, some place somewhere along the line, it was grape juice that was replacing the blood of Jesus, anyway, here another parable, okay, what's a parable, a parable is a simple story that carries a much higher message, a second message, yes, there was a certain householder, which planted not a wheat field, but a vineyard. Means he planted good seed into an evil ground. Hedged it about. What does that mean? He immediately put up a hedge. This was supposed to be a profitable vineyard that would bring forth fruit. Hedged about, digged a wine press in it. What's the wine press? That's where you gather the grapes, and then you press all of the grape juice out, and then it comes out. And at least before Noah and before the flood, that grape juice didn't spoil. But that's the reason Noah didn't understand that that grape juice had spoiled and become wine, and he didn't understand that he was about to get drunk. Anyway, so dig the wine press, meaning he'd set everything up to where he could have fruit, or he could have his wine that he wanted. He built a tower. Why a tower? To see that the animals, to see that people didn't come in to, to... to destroy the vineyard. He let it out to husbandmen. Who are the husbandmen? In this case, it's the Jews, the Israelites. Now, let me define Jews. When I say Jews, I'm talking about sons of Abraham, sons of Israel. I'm not talking about the Kazarian Mafia, the Moloch and the Baal worshipers. I'm not talking about those people that say they're Jews, but are not, but do lie, according to Revelation 1 husband, and went to a far country. Okay, so what this is saying is that God brought his word down through Jesus to the Jews. Correct? Correct? Okay. Hadn't sent to the Gentiles, not until the, the sheep came down, and remember Peter said, God said, kill and eat. Peter said, "Hmm." Um, uh, everything unclean has ever come before my lips. Uh, No, no, I can't do that. Call thou not unclean what I call clean. And until that moment, the gospel was only sent to the Jews. So what he's saying here, this householder is the father that built a vineyard. He brought his word down through the Jews. Then he went to a far country. About 2,000 years, some odd. Okay? And when the time of the fruit drew near, now, right? This is not talking about 2,000 years ago. Right? Am I right? Prophecy students? Right? Right? Okay. When the time of the fruit drew near, in other words, the time of the end came close. He sent his servants to the husbandman that they might receive the fruits of it. But the husbandman had taken his servants, beat one, killed another, stoned another. Now this is talking about the history of how the Jews treated his prophets. He sent other servants, more than the first. They did likewise. But last he sent his son, Jesus, saying, They will reverence my son, but when the husband saw the son, they said among themselves, Ah, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize on his inheritance. Here it is right here. You understand what's going on, right? Okay. They caught him, cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. Where was Jesus crucified? Outside of the city, right? Okay. And the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh when he had do it. And what? When the Lord of the vineyard cometh, what will we, he do to those husbandmen? Hmm. He'll say to them, We will miserably destroy those wicked men and let out his vineyard, let out his vineyard, let out his vineyard into other husband that will render him fruits in their seasons. For the last four hundred years, America has been spreading the gospel better and more, I started to say than any other nation, but maybe more than all of the other nations. Jesus said unto them, Did you not read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected, that's Jesus, The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you. In other words, the kingdom of God will be taken from the Jews. Now, he's not cast away the Jews. We're going to get to that. Taken from you and given to another nation. And I believe that nation is talking about America. Well, Stan, that's just a pretty arrogant response there. I mean, how do you know? Okay, well, let's take France. What has France done? They killed the Jews, kicked out the Christians. What about Germany? <laughs> what do they do to the Jews? Any one of the nations out there, oh, well, no, yes, I understand. There are some Christian nations, there's some very Christian nations, I understand. But who's the police officer of the world? It's America. I mean, you go to South Africa, you turn on the news, and guess who they're following? America. Go to Israel, turn on the news. What news do you find? A little bit of Israel news. Mostly, it's about what's going on in America. The whole world watches this nation. We follow the world. Inconsequently, like Pied Piper, the world's also followed us to a certain degree down the wrong path. Now, let's go back to this. So the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation. And as I was listening to this, all of a sudden I thought, I'd never seen it that way. Well, that's talking about America. I, I saw it. I, I, and, and then yesterday when I went in, I knelt down. I said, Lord, what, what do you want to say? He brought this back to me from about two or three days before. He said, you tell them that America is that nation. So let's sort of look and see what it says about our nation. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to America, which will bring forth the fruits thereof. What of the nation in the last 2,000 years have done it? We're it. Now, whosoever shall fall on this stone, what is the stone? Jesus is the stone. Whosoever has fallen on this stone shall be broken, but on whosoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. What's it talking about? Okay, the pyramid is the sign that a lot of devils and evil people try to emulate. And then at the top of it, there's the all-seeing eye. But that's really a lie. Kind of like the rainbow is really God's promise he's not going to destroy the earth by water anymore. In other words, the devil takes what God does, and then he turns it to the opposite. Right? Okay, so... Some people believe that the New Jerusalem will be a pyramid shape. And then at the top of that pyramid shape, now the Bible says four square, so I can just tell you the Bible says four square, meaning a cube. But at the top of that is probably going to be where Jesus, if it is a pyramid, and I'm not saying it's a pyramid. I don't know what it is. I just tell you King James says four square. But anyway, it would make sense that that's where Jesus is, the light of the world. And then that goes back to the parable that if there's, A city on a hill, you don't put it under a bushel, but you let the light shine. And that New Jerusalem comes down on the one and the only mountain on the earth, because the earth by that time is a nice, round, smooth ball, one mountain. And on top of that mountain is the New Jerusalem. And out of the New Jerusalem comes the light of the world, because the sun has been out for three days and it never, ever, ever relights. So, in this case, the stone it's talking about is... Probably in the shape of a pyramid, means that whosoever falls on that stone is broken. Got it? Whosoever falls on the stone is broken, but whosoever that stone falls on, it grinds to powder. What happens when Jesus returns and he, with the breath of his nostrils, he brandishes his sword, he blows that morning star down. As it hits the tears they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. That's the powder. how it all fits together so there's a deeper meaning the point is i think it's saying i'm not done with america although sometimes it looks like we don't have much longer i'll agree i don't think god's done with america i think that our greatest days of soul winning are yet in front of us try that again. I think the greatest days of America's soul winning lie ahead. I really believe that. Whoa, that's not very good. Prophecy. Prophecy is not necessarily bad. Prophecy can be good. What? From Stan Johnson? (laughs) Never. (laughs) It's true. Now, Acts 10, 34, Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Here it is. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted by him. Meaning, this is what he laid in my heart here. Every nation, meaning this nation. That's what he's talking about. It's another confirmation. If a nation fears him, not just individuals, but if a nation fears him, we're accepted by him. And America feared him. We were accepted by him. We've carried his word. We brought fruit in more than any of the nation. More than any other the nation. I'm not saying we're the only nation that has Christians. Now, 1 Peter 1.1. I want you to notice here, There's. I'm not going to read all of this. I'm getting cold now. Turn, yeah, turn that one off or down or something. The most important thing is to look at the words in the yellow here. So this is Peter 1-1. Okay, so what does that mean? Some people say Peter was one of the greatest of the disciples. And it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus. Okay, he names them all. Is he talking to the Jews or the Gentiles? I'm sorry. Gentiles. Gentiles. Are we clear on that? He's not talking to the Jews. He's talking to the Gentiles. This is the first sentence. In the chapter or the book peter first peter so he says to the strangers scattered now what does he say he has said some good things and it makes some good preaching but that's not what i'm gonna the point i'm trying to make today let's skip on down let's skip through this you probably already read it and you can read through that that's some good stuff but let's go down to verse 9. It says but you're a chosen generation who The Gentile. Does that mean all Gentiles? Is he talking to all of them? I think in this specific area, it's talking about America. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Has made us unto our God kings and priests. Because we accept Jesus through this door, we could become a king or a priest. I don't believe it's both. I believe it's one or the other. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people or a special people, that should show forth his praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what America has been trying to do for some 400 years. Which in time past were not a people. That's us. Hey, question. What's the difference between a kingdom and a nation. You see, if you look at Daniel 7, okay, so we see first there's the lion, and then the lion had, come on, wings. eagle's wings. It says, it lifted up from the earth and is made to stand upon his feet as a man. So we came out of a kingdom, but God did not make America a kingdom. Kingdoms have kings. Nations, in this case, a republic, has a president. Is there a difference between a president and a king? Absolutely. King, at least in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, whom he would, he slew, whom he would, he kept alive, whom he would, he lifted up, whom he would, he put down. He had total authority to do whatever he wants to do, and I pray that that same thing happens to DJT. I can't say the word, you know what I'm talking about which in time past were not a people. That's America. We came out of a kingdom as the eagle's wings. The Bible says we were lifted up from the earth and made stand upon feet as a man, meaning he brought America out of a kingdom that was a kingdom that had a king. But he brought America out of a kingdom, didn't make America a kingdom, made America a nation. Correct? 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 Does that fit? See all of this? I never, I I didn't know this three days ago. Some of you are saying, I ain't blaming this good news coming out of Stan Johnson. (laughs) It's coming from the Lord, right? Which in time past were not a people, that's us. But are now the people of God, that's us. Which had not obtained mercy, but now we have mercy. Hallelujah. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers. Wait a minute what it say? Right? I'm not, you know, cutting, pasting and things, making things to say what are not there, right? That's the reason I included all those words. You can read all those words, you can, but I've already read them, and I'm going tell you this what it says. So Peter says to strangers scattered throughout, you're a holy nation. In time past you're not a nation, but now you're a people, so you've obtained mercy. Yes, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims. Here comes the good part. Pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust, okay, which war against the soul. Having a conversation on between, whereas you speak against your shield by your good works, which they have behold, glorified God in the day of visitation. I believe it's saying God's not done with America. I believe it's saying that there's going to be millions of souls. Yes, one in America but I also think that America is going to be one of the primary things that continues to take the name of Jesus around the globe. And if I have anything, and if you have anything to do with it, it absolutely positively is going to happen. Amen. Right? Amen. Matter of fact, most of us be happy to give our life for Jesus. Now, we'll jump to something else. You, I'm always quoting this. When you hear this, you're familiar with this all the time. If, Romans 10.9, If thou shalt confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thine heart, God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For heart, with the, man, with the heart man believeth in righteousness, with the mouth of confession is made unto salvation, period. And that's where we normally stop. However, there are some things that point to, to America after that. So let's read. For the scripture saith, Whomsoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jew and Greek. Wait, wait. Here we go, strangers scattered, one nation, there's no difference. A lot of times the Jewish roots people, the Hebrew roots people, and especially the Jews want to say, oh, well, the, the Gentiles were grafted into the Jews. Wrong. We're grafted into Jesus. Jesus is the vine, right? Not the Jews. There's no difference between Jew and Greek for the same Lord which Richard rich okay. Whosoever called upon the name of the Lord should be saved. How then should be called upon him as no, but not believed? How shall they believe in him that have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In this case, how are they going to hear without America taking the message around the globe? They listen to our news all the time because America, the world listens to this nation. Amen. And they're going to listen to us once again. As we're taking the name of Jesus to them once again. Right? How should you preach? Except they be sent. It's America. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings to good things. See, you got beautiful feet. America has beautiful feet. Of course, you might look down and say, well, we're going to have to make some changes, you know. You may really need to go get a pedicure. <laughs> but they have not all of the day obeyed the gospel, for as it says, Lord, who hath pres- res- who hath I'm trying to read too fast. So, but Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, famous verse. But he says, Have you not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth, and the words in the end of the world. I'm I'm getting to a point here. But I say, did not Israel know, First Moses saith, I'll provoke you to jealousy by them who are no people? I believe it's talking about America. I don't think it's just talking about America. I think it's talking about Christians in general. But for the most part, yeah, it is talking about here. I'm going to provoke Israel to jealousy by America and by the other Christians. And by a a foolish nation I will anger you. Well, we don't want to think we're foolish, but (laughs) to a certain degree, you know, if the shoe fits, sometimes we've got to wear it, right? And it says is is very bold and saith, I found them that sought me not. America wasn't even a nation when Jesus was around. I was made manifest unto them that asked not for me. I think that God reached down and plucked the man or the eagle's wings off of the lion, lifted it up like a man, and made it stand upon his feet. America was drawn out of England, a kingdom, and lifted up to made stand upon his feet as a man made stand. God made a nothing out of a kingdom, lifted us up out of that kingdom, brought us across the pond, and put us down here to spread his gospel. Is there, you agree with that?
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All day I've stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. Who's he talking about there? Well, yeah. He tried to reach Israel, but they wouldn't listen, so he took it. Now, here's the point you need to get, because I'm not trying to say bad things about Israel. I'm not trying to say that Israel has replaced, excuse me, I'm not trying to say that America has replaced Israel. That's called the identity movement. I will say it again and make it clear. America has not replaced Israel. America has not replaced Israel. Israel will still be raised up and used very powerful in the last days. But I'm saying right now, it's America. He goes on to say, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. No, he has not. As a matter of fact, Israel has an everlasting covenant. America does not. We are a temporary thing. Now, 400 years is pretty nice, but now let's go on. Here's where I'm going with this. <clears throat> Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. In other words, Gentiles shall live and walk in in Jerusalem until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Meaning that there is a time coming when God's attention is going to move from the Gentiles back to the Jews. From the Gentiles back to Israel. And Israel is going to be lifted up. Jeremiah 31, excuse me, Jeremiah 50 verse 20 says, And the sins of Israel were sought for, and there were none. And the sins of Judah were sought for, and none were found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. So it's not that Israel has a big salvation, has sports stadium meetings. It's not that Israel receives Jesus. It's not that there's a big revival in Israel. God, just, I mean, he can forgive whom he wants. He's sovereign. He doesn't have to fulfill some kind of list. Well, you got to receive Jesus. You got. If God wants to forgive somebody, look at David. David killed. God forgave him.
4: What?
3: He's sovereign. He does what he wants to do. And what he does with Israel, he just washes Israel clean. And it says with water. Doesn't say with blood. Not with the blood of Jesus. He washes Israel clean. <coughs> now, now you know where we're going. Let me back up. This, contrary to what some of the prophecy teachers teach, this is not talking about 2,000 years ago. This is talking about Armageddon. When you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, that's Armageddon, then you shall know the desolation thereof of nigh. <coughs> Excuse me. Let them that are into Judea flee to the mountains. That's when. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken about by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, run to the hills. Don't come down off the housetop. Don't pass. Don't collect $200. Don't pass. Go. Leave. That's when they'll run 216 miles straight down to the real Mount Sinai, which today is located in northern Saudi Arabia. And they will offer up sacrifices of praise, not sacrifices of animals. But on the way down there, the dragon cast water out of his mouth that he might cause the woman to be carried away out of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, earth opened up her mouth and swallowed it of the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. All that's saying is when they leave, when they see the, the beast set upon the Ark of the Covenant, stop animal sacrifice and say he's God, when they see that, that's the abomination of desolation. When they see that, the, those people that have read Matthew 24 will leave Jerusalem. They'll run straight south on the way down. The devil sends a flood trying to drown them in the, the really deep ravines. But the earth opens up, swallows up the water, so they're able to go on down to Mount Sinai, and they're protected for the last three and a half years. That's all i saying. Now, that's what it's talking about here. You sure read a lot into it, (laughs) Stan. It's true. And and when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, you know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Let them which are in Judea flee down to the mountains. What mountain? Mount Sinai, okay. And let them which are in the midst of it depart not, and let them that are in the countries enter therein For these are the days of vengeance. Anytime you see that word vengeance, almost, almost, Every time, it's talking about the tribulation. Specifically, it's talking about the time when the morning star comes out of the mouth of Jesus and burns all of the tears. These are the days of vengeance. It's not talking about 2,000 years ago. A lot of teachers, prophecy teachers, teach that. Wrong. These are the days of vengeance, that all things that are written may be fulfilled. But woe to them that are child have sucked in those days, but there shall be great distress in the land. And wrath upon his people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into many nations of Jerusalem, will be trodden down to the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. My guess is, it's always been my understanding, is that the time of the Gentiles will end when the first seal is opened. Revelation 6, 1. I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. I pray that we all get to hear that noise of thunder which I believe will be on a future feast of trumpets. Uh, here we go. Here's the first seal, okay? Here's the seventh seal seven years later. Now let's go to the other side of the room. This is, this is the final time Jesus returns on the feast of trumpets. But now let's go back over to the other side of the room. This is the, feast, the same feast of trumpets I just pointing to. So. The first seal, I believe, will be opened on a future Feast of Trumpets. Then exactly 2,520 days later, or seven, seven prophetic years later, exactly on the Feast of Trumpets, is when Jesus will return again. Meaning, let's go back over here, okay? All of this <laughs> represents some 2,000 years. This is the time to the Gentiles. But the time of the Gentiles will be fulfilled when that first seal is opened. And if it's not then, for sure it'll be, but the, the abomination of desolation, which takes place in the middle of the tribulation, which is right here. However, I don't think that. I think when that first seal is opened, that's the time of the Gentiles to fulfill God's attention, as the angel told Demetri too, moves then from the, the, the Jews over to the Gentiles. Now, at this time, this is further confirmation of what we're talking about. Okay, so let me back up. Jerusalem is surrounded because this is when the Euphrates River is dried up so it allows the kings of the east to come over. This is when they see the abomination, desolation. They run to Mount Sinai. These are the days of vengeance. Jerusalem is trodden down of the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Meaning, Gentiles are allowed to live in Jerusalem until... Such time is, they say, no more Gentiles. I don't exactly understand how that's going to work, but that's what the scriptures say. There should be signs of the sun and the moon and the stars upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity. That means they do not know a solution. The sea and the waves roaring and men's hearts failing. for fear for looking at those things that are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be sa- shaken. Well, if you look over here, that's when the sun gets seven times hotter. Then it goes out; it novas; it goes black, a sackcloth of hair. And this is from here. This is twenty-four hours, twenty-four hours, twenty-four hours. So from here to here is about seventy-two hours later. Sun goes out. Seventy-two hours later, Jesus returns. That's what it's talking about. So when you see signs in the sun, the moon, the stars upon the earth. Powers of heaven shaken. Then shall the Son of Man coming in the clouds. That's here on the Feast of Trumpets right here, okay? Cloud, and that's not white clouds, that's dark clouds. With power great glory. When you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, going back to America, tying this together. In my opinion, this is our covenant as a nation. This is our covenant with God that God will raise up America. This is the Mayflower Compact. The story here is, in 1620, the Mayflower arrived in the the Plymouth area in kind of a little, uh, I've gone into a lot of detail. I won't go into that later or today. But they arrived in kind of a little cul-de-sac there in the water. Before they got off of the boat, they rode up and they signed and agreed to this covenant with God. Now, I'm not going to read all of it. But I do want to read the yellow part. Having taken the glory of God. Well, right there, I mean, just look at the first words. In the name of God, amen. They formed this nation to be a Christian nation. Our forefathers, before they got off the Mayflower boat, said we're forming a Christian nation. Not a Buddhist nation, okay? Not a Muslim nation, a Christian nation, okay? have undertaken the glory of God for the advancement of the Christian faith. I didn't write that. They wrote that. In the honor of the king and country, by do by these parents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God. Now, let's go on. So, the question we're trying to answer, is America the nation of the scriptures? I believe it is. It goes on to say, and you can find this, written in the Political Foundation of Colonial Americans, there's the website if you want to look it up. It goes on to say, in America, the religious dissenters who were prominent in the first waves of migration came to America to establish their own communities where they could practice their religion free from outside interference. Not so we could choose to be a Christian or not be a Christian but so that we could be a Christian the way we wanted to be a Christian. But now they've changed that. Well, maybe I want to be a Christian. Maybe I don't want to be a Christian. Maybe I want to serve this God or that God or that God or that God. It's supposed to be so we can serve our God the way we want to serve our God. The Pilgrim Code of Law. (laughs) Now You're going to find this interesting. This is the Pilgrim Code of Law. In other words, the people on the ship... This is the way they said they're going to live. You might say this is before the Constitution. So you might say that this is a precursor to the Constitution. The pilgrim Code of law, for example, begins by referring to both the charter from the king and the Mayflower Compact as its legal basis. Here's what it said. The elders are rulers' oath. This is their oath. You shall swear by the great dreadful name of the high God, maker and governor of heaven and earth by the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so they're. They're swearing by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that here's what we're going to do. We're going to live and be a peaceable life goodness and honesty. But there's more. This is the oath of the people. We do swear by the God and dreadful name of the high God, maker and governor of the earth and by the Lord Jesus Christ and the King and the Savior. And so they swear to once again have justice. Now let's go on. If you commit idolatry, in other words, if you worship another god, Here's the uh, justice, here's the consequences. It's enacted by this, anyone have knowledge of the true God, openly and manifestly have a worship or any other God but the Lord God, he should be put to death. I guess that would put a screeching halt to a whole lot of the problems in America, wouldn't it? Now, can we say that we're a Muslim nation with this? No. No. Buddhist nation? No. It's a Christian nation. So everything I'm saying is I'm trying to prove that we are that nation of the scriptures. If you do buggery, (laughs) what's buggery? Is that bad pest control, you know? That's right, homosexuals. Oh, gay. If you do that, put to death. False witness, lying, Adam Schiff. You know, I, I look forward to the day of judgment. I want to see how some of these people are judged. I didn't say anything bad about judgment. I mean, about, about Adam Schiff. I'll let the Lord do that. But I just want to watch it. False witness, they would be put to death. Back up, back up. Cursing parents, curse your parents, put to death. Rape, punished with death. Adultery, severely punished by whipping two, two several times. In other words, it's not just one whipping. It might might not be just two whippings. You might get several whippings. And there's probably some of that could goes on. Probably America needs a little of that. That's hard stuff, Stan. Well, it's a lot easier than what Jesus would dish out. Fornication. Uh, for anyone enjoining in marriage, they should be immersed, uh, in other words, uh, signed a fine. They should be fined. If you commit adultery, you're fined. Swearing. Taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh, you're fine. This is, that has to do with 10 cents or something. I don't know, 10, it's some kind of fine. But they're also, they can levy a fine, <clears throat> but they should also be put in stocks there to continue for a time not exceeding three hours, nor less than one hour. You know, the, the, the pain of stocks is not being able to move. I mean, I don't know, but I would just assume, and I don't want to know either. Lying. Fined. Drunkenness. Fined. So, I'm saying that America is the police officer of the world, and I'm going to point to this scripture as proof. And in her, America, was found the blood of prophets and of saints and are all the slain upon the earth. In other words, God is holding America responsible for, for allowing the tribulation to come, allowing the beast to destroy, allowing the mark of the beast to destroy as many people as they do. We are the police officer of the earth. We are the ones that God is saying, you're not supposed to let this happen. That's why I'm calling people into a solemn September assembly, September 6, 7, and 8. 48 hours of fasting and prayer. And if you want to save our nation, if you think these things are going on in our nation, then you, you need to have your body there. Not just live stream. You need to be there. You need will cost a lot of money. We'll pray and ask God to send the money. If we can move them out, and surely we can get a couple hundred bucks to go to a meeting. This is supposed to be a positive talk, stand. Here's what we're doing. If my people, that's us, called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek in my face. And here it is, turn from the wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Almost every night I put on my full arm of God, I ask the angels to be placed around me, and then I send out the ministry and protecting guardian warrior angels to destroy principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and evil in high places. Specifically, like for example, I think this was the night before last. I send out the angel of Revelation 7, verse 1. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and the open of the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of the the smoke of of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth, meaning. This is the angel that has the key of the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is down deep in the earth. And, hang on to that thought. I also sent out Revelation 20, verse 1. That angel, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain he's in his hand. He laid hold upon the dragon, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, who deceiveth the whole earth. He laid hand upon him, and he bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal on him, that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years should be fulfilled." I send those two angels that have authority under the earth with the key of the bottom pit, I send them down into the earth in the, in the name of Jesus to find all of the Moloch and the Baal worshipers, all of their deep underground hidden areas where evil goes on, where they're doing cloning, where they're having tunnels. I send them down to see all of that is exposed and justice is brought into the land. Bring justice into the land in Jesus' name. that's the kind of prayer i want to see at the solemn september assembly and we're going to have screens up in there with those kind of prayers so you can pray with the person behind the microphone you can pray with the prayers on the screen those are the kind of prayers we're going to be praying for everything but everything is going to be a prayer for america that's why i'm calling i'm not inviting i'm saying i'm calling i'm calling You, I'm calling all of you, in the name of Jesus, that have your name in the book of life, that no one understand what's going on in the world today. I'm calling you to come to the Solemn September Assembly. I'm calling you to pray and ask God to send you the finances, the days off, the transportation, the whatever, the whatever, the whatever it takes to get there. Bring your body. Bring your heart, your time, bring your Bible, and come ready to do battle. Bring your shofar. Come ready to do battle in the spirit, to loose the angels to do warfare. The ministry protecting guardian and warrior angels. To destroy principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and evil in high places over this nation. If we don't. Yeah, it ain't going to be a happy day. I'll get into that next week. I believe that we can do it. I believe that if we do it, we can have many more years. And frankly, I want many more years. Right? But we can't just sit there and be entertained. We've got to really do something, right? This is the... Okay, so it has to be turned from the wicked ways. Okay, turn from the wicked ways. This is the actual map. This is, just pulled this off last night, so these numbers are all accurate. If you look in the top left corner, uh, here's a zoomed in version of it. And by the way, if you want to see this, you can get it at bad-boys.us. That's the website. You'll find this, and then you'll find this. What this is saying is that there's 264,685 sealed indictments. That's a bunch. Because normally there's anywhere from 125 to 350 sealed indictments across the 50 states at any one particular time. So when there's 26, no, 264,000. Now, one indictment can arrest nine people. On the other hand, Nine indictments can be served on one person. So we don't know how many persons that represents. However, there's already been 29,000 unsealed. Did you hear about two weeks ago that there was 800 people arrested from the drug cartels? Did you hear that? And did you hear how they did that? Story was, back in 2018, the FBI raided a place that uh, had made cell phones and they also made the program to the cell phones. So they come up with the idea to have them make them a new cell phone with a different program, and so they started making these cell phones, and then they funneled the cell cell phones through their inside contact into the drug cartels. They sold the cell phones for $2,000 each, which had a program on there, and they told the people, they lied to but there's a good lie to it. So this, this is a good lie. But anyway, they lied to him And they said, oh, well, this has total secure communications. No one can see your text or your, your, your voice or your pictures. And they spread $2,000 each. They spread like wildfire through the drug cartel community. And about two weeks ago, they arrested 800 of them. Now, these are not the, the mules that just carried the drugs here and there. These are the top people. And they said in the article that most of the people that they arrested, in listening to what their their conversations were, all they do is think about killing each other, how they're going to kill someone, or the next time they're going to... That's all they do is kill. That's all they do is kill. A hundred different countries, 800 different people in the drug cartel industry. I also have heard just a rumor, I do not know that it's true, that there's some 2,000 people that have been arrested, these indictments served, in people just in the banking industry. Banking industry is a nest of vipers, okay? Now, if there's 29,000 sealed, there's still, uh, that have been unsealed, there's 264,000 still sealed, Uh, I want to think that that's a lot of people. I'd like to think that that's a million. And the most important ones are the Moloch and the Baal worshipers. These are the ones. Remember Moses came down off the mountain, had the Ten Commandments in his hand. He looks down and he sees the children of of Israel are now worshiping a golden calf. That's Moloch. That's Baal worship. And they believe... That what pleases their God is exactly the opposite of what Jesus believes. Jesus believes, love thy neighbor as thyself. They believe the more people they can kill, hurt, kill, destroy, bring pain to, the better their God likes it. They literally believe in human sacrifice, eating humans, drinking their blood. They think that that gives them power. I, I know it's sick. But I'm I'm telling you, this is the truth. And those people, unfortunately, are the ones that are ruling the earth in a very secret fashion. These are the ones that have all the money, all the power. They use blackmail, coercion, threats, bribery to control. And yes, they control the highest echelons of power in the world. According to BenjaminFulford.net, he says that there's about a million of them. So that's the reason to say we need about a million people arrested. We need to pray against these Moloch and Baal worshipers. You remember what Moses did? He called all of the people that were in favor of God, and he says, take your swords and go into the tents of all of the people that worship Moloch and Baal and slay them all. And there was 3,000 people slain that day. So, if we are going to do this, I think we must pray that America can turn from a wicked ways. And I believe that that is, again, I heard it uh, March the 9th. I heard massive arrests, massive arrests. So, I believe that massive arrests are coming. They must come no matter what, pain it might bring, it must come for America to turn around. But the positive is, I believe that these things are really going to come. But they must come because of our prayers. As Leslie was told in a dream, it's what comes out of our mouth. Not what the JT, or it's not with the military, none of that. It's what comes out of the mouth of the Christians. Because he gave us power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall hurt them. Right? He gave us the power. So it's what comes out of our mouth. So that's the reason we're going to gather at the solemn September assembly. Everybody. All of us. Room holds 500. I hope it fills up in two or three weeks and all of a sudden we've got to get a bigger room someplace. We need as many people as we can possibly get there to fast and to pray or... And you don't want me to fill in those blanks. We'll fill in those blanks in the next 24 hours or so. You go to watchmanstrumpet.com and you get signed up. Yes, we ask a $25 donation. Why? Well, part of it is we have expenses. But, as you recall, DJT had a rally, and a bunch of the bad guys jumped up and made reservations, so they thought the whole place was full, and hardly anybody showed up because the reservations were free. So because it's $25, we have to know that the people are really coming. Also, we encourage you to become a ministry member. Not just a visitor, but someone that really says, yes, I place my heart with this vision. The vision being to win souls, to go to sports stadiums, to win thousands upon thousands of people. If you believe in that, then go to right down here in the bottom left corner, become a ministry member, fill that out, and send it in. Also, you can help us get the word out. It doesn't cost you anything, but you just click like, share, subscribe, and then hit the bell. Like, share, and subscribe. I want to close by giving you the opportunity to receive Jesus. Okay, let's say that someone's online. I want to believe that the people in the congregation are all saved, but maybe not. We have a couple of visitors. Someone's watching. And you've never accepted Jesus I remember I don't know we would had been having meetings in Topeka Kansas for two or three years and this one lady would come in every month sit in the same chair every month everybody thought she was saved got to the end I asked him to pray the prayer I said how many of you just received Jesus for the very first time our mouths fell open when this lady raised her hand she'd been coming to the meeting for two or three years Never accepted Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. We don't have to die. We can live forever. should not perish but have eternal life. And in order to have that, it's real simple. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You have to realize we've all sinned. We've all Bible says that we were sinners before we were born. And the way you get that is understanding it's a free gift. By grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. No one can buy the blood of Jesus on the cross. No one can earn enough. We can't be good enough to be worthy of it. It's a free gift. Okay, how do we reach out and take that free gift of eternal life? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Meaning, we've got to believe it, we've got to say it, we've got to say it, we've got to believe it, we can't say it, not believe it, can't believe it, and not say it. Got to say, got to believe. Got to believe, got to say, okay? Finally, repent, be baptized. Everyone, even in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or the washing away of your sins, we should, every one of us should, once we receive Jesus, go on and be fully water-dunked in the name of Jesus. Because it's a, it's a picture of the old sinful person dying and being reborn in the blood of Jesus, clean. If you've not asked Jesus into your heart, let me tell you what's about to happen. When you ask Jesus into your heart, the most powerful thing in the universe happens. You're given another chance. You're given a chance to start over. I mean, have you ever been playing Monopoly and all of a sudden you see you're losing? You say, wait, 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 wait. Can we back up a few moves? Can I go ahead and buy a park place when, when I, remember I was sitting on it. Can I go ahead and buy it? No. You're already past it. Only in this case, you can have a new start. You can have all your sins washed away. You can have another chance. Now, it doesn't mean that once you get your sins washed away, hot dog, now I can go back to sinning. No. Now we have to walk with Jesus. So I'm going to pray a little prayer. It only takes about 60 seconds to pray it. It's very simple. But in that 60 seconds, if you'll pray this prayer, what will happen Is the Spirit of Jesus comes into your heart, boom, washes you clean. Write your name in the book of life. Now, it's not written in there, it's not chiseled into granite. You write it in, it's written in with pencil. And on the other end of that pencil, there's an eraser. Because you write it in, and you can take it out. But this is your chance to write it in. But then we have to keep it in by following Jesus. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I I teach you to do? So let's pray the prayer. Everyone pray it together. It's simple, together. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart, that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God died on the cross, arose three days later. I received His blood to wash my sins away. To write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time and you're in the room, please raise your hand. I promise it will not embarrass you. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. Okay. If you're online, you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. Send me an email saying, Stan, I prayed the prayer. Right there, send me an email, and then I'll email something back to you. (laughs) Something, hopefully, that has a lot of intelligence to it. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the revelation. Thank you for the encouraging word. Thank you for letting us know that we are in that nation. And help us to turn from our wicked ways so you hear from heaven to forgive our nation's sins and to heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're online, you just slide down to the bottom. There's a little place down there and you click donate and you can go in and make yourself as blessed as you'd like to be blessed. If you're in the audience, we have two buckets up here, and they are currently empty, and you can give what you like. God bless you.
0: Also, uh, we are still trying to get some electronics for Cambodia, our Cambodia mission. Uh, We also have a basket up here for those who are here at this church. Um, You can put in a donation for electronics. Alfredo has a way to get some refurbished computers, and we can see how much you know, finances come in for that for the next mm, maybe of weeks. Do we know weeks. what kind
3: of price those computers? and It depends you know, on what, what kind of how
0: life. much we get and everything, but a oh. really good deal, really good price. And they're still needing um, phones, right, old phones. Um, they need to have the power cords. They'll need to be working tablets, um, iPads, anything.
3: Your devices. Your devices. So if you have some old working devices that you'd be willing to donate, then...
0: Then you can mail to Spirit of Prophecy Church 1717, Angel Parkway number 222, um, Allen, Texas 75002. But also here in the church, if you'd like to donate, that'd be great. And we'll head up here for several times. All right, God bless.